Hey, thanks for checking out our show. If you like what you hear, we have tons of additional content at patreon.com slash the media lunch break. How are you? How was your week? I'm so tired. Why? Why are you so tired? I don't know. Mm. Uh, it was Melinda's birthday yesterday. It was. I missed it. Yeah. If you were on Facebook, you'd know that. I was not on Facebook. Well, there's your problem. That's goddamn right. <laughs> I was going to, I thought you were going to say it's a lot of things. It's definitely not a problem. I mean, listen, let's be honest. Is it really a problem when I'm not on Facebook? It is to me. <laughs> Is that the world needs? Is that the what the world needs? Is right that now? a what the what the what? Is, is that a what the what? It's a Mia Mario. It's a it's a me. Is that a what the world needs to know? Is a Mia Mario on the Facebook? I do not care for that voice. I don't care for it either. Actually, <laughs> we I actually like were, it we were in the city on Saturday. I almost messaged you, but then I didn't. You were in the city on Saturday. Yes. You know what's weird? I was able to say the phrase. You were on this. Damn it. <laughs> Nope, you were come back. I'm not going. You were once. You were able to say that. <clears throat> but I couldn't say the other thing. That was the day it was like eight degrees out. It sure was. Wow, that was a dumb day to come to the city. Well, it was Melinda wanted to for her birthday. Oh, oh, okay. Was that her actual No, yesterday was her birthday. That's you correct. Said. So but for her Yeah. I'm putting things together. Yeah. All right. I'm putting it all together. You can't get two past me, sir. Okay. <laughs> there's also there's a big uh like plant store warehouse that she really wanted to visit in Williamsburg. Okay. So that was like the main reason we trekked out there. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. She bought a couple plants. We got a little drunk, ate some good ramen and sushi. In that order? Yeah. Okay, good. And then got more drunk. I was like, because then really any ramen or sushi would be good. Oh, it was so good. It was delicious. Yeah, because you were drunk. And then went home? I don't I don't know. I think that's all we did. <laughs> <laughs> I, you think you went home. You're not sure. Yeah. You, after the ramen know, and the sushi and I'm, the getting more drunk. I'm just. Wherever you put your head down, that's really home at that moment. Listen, a, a lot of people can't see. You probably hear it in my voice. I haven't showered in like a week. My I got bags under my eyes. My son didn't nap today. I'm wearing a, a white wife beater with a chocolate stain on it. I mean, I was like, is that one of those shirts that comes pre-stained or is it? Yeah. <laughs> I got it at Williamsburg. It's very trendy. <laughs> it's very, it's very hip. I, I, part of me wonders if I'm still a little sick and that, cause I haven't done, I went to the store. I bought like a couple things, right? I didn't go to bed too late or wake up too early. So I wonder if I'm like still right at the end of being sick. Yeah. And that's I what mean, again, is. if you go out, if you're out and around in the city, like on that Saturday, that was eight degrees. Like who knows? Are you saying that I, I could be sick because I was in cold weather? Hold on. Let me do the, let me. No, that can't or are you possibly. saying that like I'm still tired from wandering around on no, Saturday? I meant you could be sick for being in cold weather. Yeah, that's not a thing, though. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's an old wives tale. Yeah, that you can get sick by being in cold weather. Well, the, no, that the temperature increases your probability. Was it cold on Saturday? Yes. Were you in that cold? Yes. So you might be sick for being in the cold weather. Sure. Like I could be sick from being in the warm weather too no but you could be yes but but you could be what are you talking about sick for being in cold weather you can't be sick from being in cold weather okay you can get sick from being around other people who are sick uh-huh. if that temperature is also cold or if it's warm mm-hmm. that's a thing that happens sure sure but you're saying you can't be sick Simply by going out in the cold. Correct. Which is why uh, we don't need to wear jackets and hats and things like that. You don't need... I mean, if you don't want to die, 
Honestly, you don't need how to. Would you, how would you die uh, from being, from not wearing a jacket or a hat? From getting hypothermia. In the cold weather. That's correct. That's not really a sickness, though. Uh, can you get pneumonia from being in the cold weather? Is that a sickness? I would, I, I believe it constitutes as a sickness. Are you a doctor? Are you? <laughs> so, yes. yeah, so we're going back and forth on this I one. I am a doctor. Oh, wait, that's right. You are a doctor, right? In this and you're scenario, a lawyer? And I'm a lawyer, I think. <laughs> I think that was a bit we made up like a year and a half ago. Yeah, I think that's right. Okay, fair enough. Thanks to everyone who watched my Bob Dylan videos. <laughs> Way. Yeah, it's true. I was trying to transition away from this before we get yelled at by scientists. Sure. Absolutely. A.K.A. YouTube. Yeah. I was trying to make a boomer joke. It'll get around to it eventually. But yeah, people are loving the Bob Dylan videos. Yeah. Wild. I really thought no one was going to watch any of them and they got like 800 views. I mean, who knew? So anyway, uh, this week's episode is going to be about Johnny Cash. Yep. There you go. Wait till you see my top 10 Pete Seeger lyrics coming your way on YouTube. I don't think I could name a single Pete Seeger song. Wait till I get into the hidden meaning of Puff the Magic Dragon by Peter, Paul, and Mary. Oh, yeah. That was them, wasn't it? I, see, that's the other thing. This is not my area of expertise. I don't know why I did this. Coming up next to YouTube, my favorite Joan Baez albums. Oh, yeah. Joni Mitchell is another one of those, yeah, right? Yeah, I guess, you, yes. You could go with Joni Mitchell uh, as Who's well? the guy that Inside Lewin Davis is based off of? Bob Dave Van Dillon. Ronk. Dave Van Ronk. See, I don't even know who that is. That's a deeper yeah. cut. He's, oh, fun story about Dave. I only know this because it's a Did Bob you, Dylan wait, oh, trivia. No, 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 no. Say that phrase one, I dare you. Say that phrase one more time. Fun story about Dave Van Ronk. <laughs> go. Say it. Put that into the world. The first time anyone in the universe has ever said this phrase. Go for it, Andrew. Say it. Can I just do the trivia? <laughs> Go for it. Okay. Uh, he was doing a folk song by the name of House of the Rising Sun. Mm-hmm. He was performing it in bars and clubs and stuff. Sure. And he really wanted to put it on an album with like a, a record production company Mm -hmm. and Bob Dylan happened to get a call from Columbia who was like, Hey, we really like you. We want to put you on an album. Can you get us like 10 songs? And he was going through and he was like, Oh, I think I might have to do some, like it's all folk stuff. Cause that's all he was doing at first. Right. And he went to Dave Van Rock and he was like, Hey, I heard house of the rising sun from you first. Um, is it cool? Do you mind if I if I record that and put it on an album? You know, these guys from Columbia called me and Dave Van Ronk was like, well, you know, actually, I'd like to put it on an album myself. And it would be kind of weird if we both put the same song on an album at the same time. Right. And uh, Dylan was like, oh, I already did it. <laughs> I really thought you were going to say yes to this. Yeah, exactly. This is awkward. So Dave Van Ronk kept playing it and people kept booing him because Because they thought he he was was stealing, stealing it from Bob Dylan. So he had to stop playing it. Yeah. And then years later, another band by the name of the animals Animals. who was also on uh, Columbia Records label Mm -hmm. decided they wanted to do a cover on it. And that one got so popular that Bob Dylan had to stop playing it because people kept accusing him of stealing it from them. Wow. And he's like, no, I stole it from this other guy. <laughs> Meanwhile, Dave Von Ronk is like, check, check anyone. Yeah, check, can I please? get some money, please? Uh, well, money, please? I mean, it's a folk song, though, right? So he stole it from someone else. Like, Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Fascinating story. Fascinating. That's my fun Dave Van Ronk <laughs> trivia. It's the only Dave Von Ronk. Is it Von Ronk or Van Ronk? I don't know. Next bit of trivia. How do you say his name correctly? I'm going to Google it. No, don't. 
Don't Google Dave Von Ronk. I think it's, it's Dave Van Ronk. It's going to yes, get his hopes is. up. He looks like me. Who doesn't? <laughs> you? Most people? Oh. I think I look a bit like Pedro Pascal. Is that just me being like looking in the mirror and seeing what I want to see? Does it matter after that? I guess not. Welcome to the Media Lunch Break, bringing you all of your comic, geek, and movie news, all in the time it takes to eat a good sandwich, and then have a good nap, you damn boomer. My name is Chris Trebo. Alongside me, as always, is my co-host, Andrew Dudd. Say hello, Andrew. Don't shake your head at me. If you are listening to this because you came here from the YouTube videos I put out about Bob Dylan, do not listen to this man. I appreciate you, and I'm very happy that you enjoyed the videos and decided to check out our podcast we will not be talking any further about Bob Dylan, probably. Or Dave Von Ronk, Van Ronk. And I don't just mean for this episode. I mean ever. Yeah. <laughs> so there's that. Listen, if you're listening to this episode, I also appreciate you, Boomer. The greatest generation. Stop saying that. Those are two <laughs> different generations. It doesn't matter. They're both dead by now. That's not, not true. true. I know it's not true. I know it's not Chris, yes, I have some sad news. Yes, and I'm 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 sorry to put this on you. I'm very sad. Uh, it's okay. This is surprising. Mm-hmm. A fan of ours passed away. Oh no! I know there was uh, uh, William Ratliff. I, I believe he was known as Billy to his friends and family. He was a patron of ours. No, he's a listener, and uh, he was. Uh, uh, I'd met him a couple times. He was a husband of a, a very close friend of mine. And he had a sudden heart attack. <gasps> he He's the guy who sent us the like nightmare sucks. fuel um, AI image of our yes. logo and stuff. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, he was, a, he was a good guy, a cool guy, one of the kindest people I've ever met. And uh, I just wanted to put it on the show and say we appreciated him and we're thinking of him and our thoughts are with his family. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. That sucks. I know. Hard. It's very sad. Yeah. Sucks for us, but sucks for his family more, obviously. Way more. Yeah. yeah. Very sad. He was not that old also. I think he was almost 40. Almost? Yeah. <laughs> That's my age. <laughs> I know. I mean, really, it's my age, too. Almost 40 is my age. I know. Well, oh, his wife no. and I went to high school. We were in the same class in high school. Oh, so, like, no. I, I think he's I think he's a little he was a little older than her, but. Yeah, I know. Very young, right? Oh, man. That is... It's very shocking, very sudden. I think they yeah. had five kids together, and he was the, the breadwinner. Well, wow. That would... Oh, man. That's I know. exhausting. I know. That's... Oh, my goodness. But our thoughts are with them. And, yeah, absolutely. Uh, appreciate uh, everyone listening. Keep them in your thoughts as well. Andrew. Yeah. It's time to talk about... Knock at the cabin, knock knock. Who is who's there? It's me, Dave Batista. Dave Batista, who? Dave Batista, the wrestler turned actor. Uh, can I borrow a cup of sugar? Also, uh, oh yeah, it's the apocalypse. <laughs> That's a much better joke than I wrote. Would you like to hear mine? Yes, uh, yes. Would you like to start talking about knock at the cabin? Chris, I've got a joke for you. Knock knock. Who's there? I'm a. I'm a who? I'm choose someone from your family who has to die and then you have to kill them and if you don't i'm gonna wipe out all of humanity because i'm god bitch oh i like that one too so (laughs) i have i've i've i have 
thoughts about this. Uh, and I'm sure that, that you do too. So to start it off, as always, spoilers for Knock at the Cabin, if you haven't seen it, the new the new movie yeah. from M. Night Shyamalan. I would even like to start off... This is this will take 10 seconds. Right. So skip ahead 10 seconds if you don't want any spoilers. Yeah. I barely think this is a spoiler. Okay. But here it is. There aren't really any spoilers. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. As far as like like what you expect from an M. Night Shyamalan. Well, even. Okay. Have you seen the second trailer? No. Uh, No, I think I did. I probably did. Okay. The second trailer kind of spells out the third act yeah it kind of spells out what's what's going on one what happens at the end so maybe i haven't seen it so it's hard for me to even say that like like there's barely any spoilers in this right because right if you have watched both of the trailers yeah you kind of know what's happening and how it ends so i i I don't know. Yeah. You know, so uh, knock at the cabin uh, is has Jonathan Groff and Ben Aldridge Aldridge. I was going to say another name and he's from like, Fleabag. He is from Fleabag. Free, flea, 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 free, free, Willie, <laughs> free blag, free blank. I mean, it's worse than usual, really. And that's saying something for me. <laughs> yeah. Ben Aldridge and. Oh my God, Jonathan Groff! Thank you. I just said his name. What is wrong did. with me? He played. Um, He's Christoph in the Frozen movies. Christoph, I should have say Hansel. What is wrong with us? Yep. We're, we're, oh man, we're killing it right now. He's also in a million other things. A lot of theater. Uh, he was in a great Netflix show called Mind Hunter. Oh, as well. Isn't um, he? Um, and he was in Hamilton. Time yeah, yeah. will tell. He's King, he's King George from Hamilton. Yeah, the original. Uh, yeah, for uh, the original from Broadway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. get we'll get tweets. Let's not. Oh, uh, sure, not whatever. Induce. I just meant Andrew Rannells did it for a little while. Yeah, yeah. So they are they're uh, they're they're husbies. They're husbies together, and they have a little daughter. Uh, who is not the daughter from Modern Family, which I swear to God. And that's I, not the twist. And that's not the twist. And they're at a cabin and they're vacationing at a cabin. Little Airbnb action going on. Why not? And then um, I don't think it is, though, right? I think it's theirs. No, he says it's better than the pictures on the Internet at some point. Oh. Yeah. And then uh, Dave Bautista shows up and he's like, hey, little girl, your daddy's home. Uh, because I need to ask them a question. And he and three other friends show up and say, hey, listen, you have to kill one of each other or else the world's going to end. Uh, that's pretty much it. I-, I will say this to kind of start it off. Basically, what I just described to you really happens in like the first 30 minutes of the movie. Yeah. Like I, one thing I did appreciate about appreciate about this, it was like, now let's get just right into this. She's I think it's, cl- I was going to say, I think it's even quicker than that. The movie is yeah. only like an hour and a it's half an hour long. and 40. It's yeah. an hour and 40 minutes. So um, like, I think it's sooner than 30 minutes. No, Yeah, it might be. I wasn't ch- checking my watch. Yeah. I just know like we open on her gathering grasshoppers and then Dave Batista shows up and is like, yeah, there's I need like to- 10 minutes of him talking to her and then they're in the house i need to talk to you your dads that right now yeah. and i was like oh we're just getting into this he's just walking up there's no like them settling into the cabin and isn't this nice and da da da. it's just her yeah well we do kind of get that but it's just sprinkled throughout, throughout the yeah, movie yeah yeah and uh and from there we go from there uh so overall for to start it off what did you think of this how did you feel about this movie uh it's fine yeah it's kind of i enjoyed it okay i've been having some conflicting thoughts about this movie me too i enjoyed it while i was it's watching called christian it. guilt chris 
feel like you feel like you have to like it. Yes. Because otherwise you're going against God. It's true. Is that why it also turned me on? Is that- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're getting it. So while I was watching it, I was like, I'm in this. I'm enjoying it. I'm kind of going along for the ride. But this is one of those movies that I've talked about it, uh, th- this before where I got done. And then once I walked out of the theater, it's like a piece of fruit. It's fresh and it's wonderful and it's awesome. And then if you let it sit too long, it kind of spoils Yeah, and rottens. And the more I've been thinking about it, I'm like, the fuck was this? Yeah. Like, and Shyamalan has admitted he's a huge Hitchcock fan. And I've talked about this idea from Hitchcock before the ice box idea where you put things into your movie and even if they don't quite make sense it doesn't matter because by the time you're real the audience member realizes it they're standing in front of their icebox at the end of the night and they've already paid their money and left the, the theater and so he is that type of filmmaker as well especially with this movie which is kind of a shame because frankly he doesn't make enough money <laughs> His movies don't make enough money. True. They do. Well, for what they're made at, like what the budget, this was a, did you look up any of the budget stuff for this? This was $20 million, I believe. Did you see how much it's made? I think it's made 14. No, it's, I mean, it was number one at at the box office. I think it's made 14 over the opening weekend. Is that right? That's about right. It's at 21 now. Yeah. But when you factor in marketing and shit, it's got to hit yeah, at least 40 and it's 40. probably not going to. It might, yeah, it may or may not, depending on how this next week goes. And Ant-Man's coming out in like a week and a half. Yeah. So that that's going to really kind of spoil it. I Yeah. I Listen, I did enjoy this movie. But as we're going to start to get into specific things, the more I think about it, the more I'm like, it's not that it doesn't make any sense. I think I was looking for a little more extremes. It really kind of rides the middle for me for the entire movie. It's a fun ride, but it's not. But it really like it stays kind of in one lane the whole single time and kind of stays on a track for the whole thing. Let me I, I want to hear your thoughts on it a little bit before I kind of expand on that. Yeah, I uh, so interesting because we both sort of ended up in the same place where we felt like it was kind of OK and had sort of. Like my opinion also is very varied in many different spaces, but differently than yours. Right. Because I was looking at there are aspects of this film that feel like sort of nine out of ten, ten out of ten. Yeah. The cinematography. Yeah. uh, Some of the the direction, frankly, like a lot of the the direction is really good. It's beautifully shot. He uses a lot of what's known as a Dutch angle, I think is what it's called, where it's sort of turned 45 degrees to make something feel to off balance off putting. Yeah. There are times where the camera is directly over the shoulder of a character to give you like a point of view from their perspective. That works very well. Right. There's a time, I think it's in the trailer. There's a scene where uh, Dave Bautista picks up like an ax and swings it. And while he does that, when he picks it up, the camera goes up with the ax and then comes down with him and turns and swivels with the ax. Yeah. So there's some very creative stuff there. It does feel as good as it is, the cinematography and the camera work, it does feel a little bit like a film student trying to get an A. Like, it's a lot of that stuff. It's so much that I noticed it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's that rule in theater that's and for anyone who isn't in the theater. You should never compliment uh, a tech person 
on their work. Right. And the reasoning for that is because if it's good, you don't notice it. Yeah. yeah, So if you say to the lighting designer, the lights were so good, that's all I saw through the whole thing, how good the lighting was, then they've done their job wrong because you should be focused on the story and the characters and not on the lights. And in that way, I feel like the cinematography and camera work was excellent, but maybe a little too good. Yeah. The acting is very good as well. I, yeah, I, Dave, Dave Batista is great in this. I know. I, I will talk about him in a little bit because I have a question about his performance that I want to run by you. Okay. But I think the script is weird. It is. I agree with a you. A lot of the dialogue is funky. It doesn't sound like a human being would say maybe 25% of it the way that it is said. Right. And I don't know if that's a... Like the actors weren't given free reign to sort of reword the script to say it how they would. Because some directors are like, yeah, yeah, just say it how you would say it. You know, I think um, James Cameron is famous for that, where he's like, yeah, the script is shit. Just say whatever, right, you know, right, right, or right. if I don't know if M. Night Shyamalan is more of a no, I wrote these words and you have to say these words. But if that's the case, it's very funky. And all of the characters speak like, I, I don't know, at times it feels like an alien was described a script like here's <laughs> right. what a script is right and then the alien wrote the script i i also feel i don't know what it is about the plot but there's something about it that prevents me from getting inside any of the characters yes and matt donato in his ign review he, he's a writer for ign had this quote and i felt like it described the issue i had perfectly the cabins got solid bones but is disappointingly barren on the inside. Mm -hmm. And that's how he describes the movie. It's like the pieces are there. Like it's got good acting, good cinematography, good direction, good camera work, good set design, good costume design. But it's just, it doesn't have heart. Yeah. I think, I think for me, the plot, the problem with the plot, and this is the thing that I kind of settled on, you know, kind of this morning when I woke up, I saw it last night. And I kind of settled on it this morning when I woke up and had like in the light of day had time to really think about it. And the thing that kind of bugged me was it just like I said before, it kind of stays in the middle. So basically the idea, like I said, is that these four people show up at these people at, at, at this couple's cabin, at this family's cabin, ties them up and says, you have to kill one of your family members to save the to save the world or the apocalypse will happen and everyone on earth will die. And of course the family's reaction is like oh no that's that's not true. Yeah, like, oh that's you're crazy four talk. crazy people. You're four crazy people. And they're also a gay family and so they they also kind of insinuate like listen either you're crazy or you're bigots and you've targeted us and you're and this is a hate crime, right? And as the movie progresses Again, we'll really kind of get into spoilers here. As the movie progresses, they try the four people try to prove their point by saying, every time we ask you to choose and you say no, we have to kill one of us. And that will unleash a plague. And and they list the play of what the plagues are gonna be. And so every time, you know, they kill one of the the captors kill one of each other, they turn on the TV and they show like this is the plague that's happening right here. And then one of the the husbands 
there's kind of like a believer and a non-believer or a, I shouldn't say believer now faithful and non-faithful husband and the non-faithful husband goes well here's why that doesn't make sense like here's here's the holes in your I don't argument, know that faithful right? is the word you're looking for either <laughs> I'm, I don't want to say believer because I don't want it to seem like Jonathan's gruff character believes what these people are saying. I hear what you mean, but one that's of them leans more spiritual and the other one leans more atheist. Right. That's what, but that's what, okay, fine. Whatever. That's what well, I'm saying. Faithful sounds like he cheated on him. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. That's fair. <laughs> uh, spiritual. Yeah. yeah. Then let's go with spiritual. But so the, the non-spiritual husband says, well, this is why this is a problem with this. This is the problem with that. There's this, the, the first one is a, an earthquake and a tsunami. And it's like, well, the first earthquake they just said was four hours ago that you could have seen that on the news and blah, 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 blah. Uh, and then another tsunami happens like while they're talking about it. So the idea is supposed to be uh, like a point counterpoint, right? They say the world is going to come to an end and they show a great cataclysmic event. Then this guy says why that can't be real. And then something else happens to prove like how his argument also can't be real because something's happening in real time. But they never, I think throughout the movie, what you want to have happen is you want me as the audience member to fully be on someone's side at any given time to fully go like, no, these people are crazy people. He has put forth a a complete solid argument and then turn it on a dime and me go, Oh no, wait, these people I think could be right. And it never falls on one side or the other so heavily. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, well, and even what I would like is for it to go back and forth. If that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it should be a swinging of a pendulum. Yeah. On these two extremes, and I should be landing on either side. That's sort of a, what, what I've always said is the great thing about Captain America Civil War. Right. Is right. that like through a lot of the movie, you're like, Tony, what are you doing? And then you get that shot of Robert Downey Jr. Close up saying, I don't care. He killed killed my my mom mom. and you're like, you're on his side and you're like, yep, nope, you're good. Do whatever you got to do, man. You know, (laughs) but that's part of it, too. Right. It's like with something like Captain America Civil War, with that line specifically. Right. You as the audience can recognize that what he's doing is still not rational. Right. But you believe him and you accept irrationality yeah as almost the right response well you can empathize with him even if you're not with right. him for his cause you can empathize why he would feel that way right but uh, for for me at least it is like i'm like yeah no that's that's how i would that's what i would do man like i totally get what he where he's right. coming from but with this it's like yeah both sides you're like what is this? What are you doing? Well, that's what I mean. And and I think with this, where you're trying to, you're, the idea is you're, you as the audience are also trapped in this cabin. You want the audience to believe like either at one, at any given moment that these, this family is trapped by a bunch of crazy people. And then on a turn of a dime go, oh my God, no, they have to kill one of, a, one of each other because the world is going to come to an end. Like this definitively proves it. And it never really falls. Like, you know, again, that the first one is a tsunami and he's like, well, the first earthquake happened four hours ago. And you're like, yep, I'm behind that. And then a tsunami happens it live in front of them. And you're like, well, that could have been like a coincidence or something. You know what I mean? Like there's signs to, but I think that second tsunami is supposed to take me to the other side. Yeah. And it doesn't. But on the flip side of that also, Later on, and other people might feel different. Like I, I talked to Sarah about this. She didn't see the movie, but I just 
she was like, I'm not seeing this movie. It just spoiled the whole thing. Yeah. But on, uh, and she disagreed with me on it. However, for me uh, later on down the line, they ask the question again. They kill one of the, ca- the ca- one of the captors is killed and planes start falling from the sky. Right. And they and the one guy tries to explain it away and says like, well, that could that's a it, it could be a cyber attack for all you know. But then they say the number of the planes and it was 700 planes. And I was like, bro, 700 <laughs> and you're not going, oh, fuck, maybe they're right. Like 700 planes. I don't know. To me, as someone who. I don't know, maybe is a little more computer savvy, right. but like I you, understand what you're saying. But yeah. like, I, I again, I'm like, if if I, I uh, kind of what you were saying with the Captain America thing, like if I was in the cabin and these people are saying the world's coming to an end and 700 planes fall out of the sky at once, like literally at the same time, I'd be like, oh, shit, they're probably right. You know what I mean? Like, oh, that's, that's interesting. I wouldn't. I, but I know you, I see, I knew you were going to say that, but that's yeah, fine. I, I would be like, it would be very easy to like, if you can send it to one plane, why can't you send it to 700? Right. Uh, that's fair. But what I'm saying is like, at no point does he ever like, there's no point in this movie where anyone sort of convinces me or each other of the other side. I wonder if what they were trying to do, because at the end he says, I don't believe it. And Leonard played by Dave Bautista says, you're lying. I can tell, you know, yes. you, you have you. I don't remember what he says, but something like, right, right, right. I can tell when someone's lying. And but yeah. right after that, he says like, you don't believe that. And you haven't believed it for a long time. Right. Uh, so I, I wonder if, he, he he was just trying to make it make sense, even if it doesn't, so that he doesn't have to lose his family. It was a weak ass argument. I, and I'm, but I'm just like, again, it, uh, here's the thing. And I understand what you're saying. And I, I understand what Leonard was saying. But then they never really. They, and this is the other thing that kind of bugged me about this movie. There are certain things in this movie. They just kind of leave dangling like that. They kind of just leave dangling. They never, you know. Yeah. He's like, no, you do believe there's it. a lot of stuff that you go. Why was this in there? Right. Like, why was uh, Ron Weasley's character like, but uh, I know that's not his name. I don't care. It's his name. Rupert Grint. I know it's Rupert played Grint. Redmond slash O'Bannon. Uh, Red Redmond slash Rory O'Bannon. It's I it's it's so. OK, here's the other. Th- again, this is where they kind of leave things dangling in this movie. These four strangers come to this cabin. These four strangers are also strangers to each other. They met on some sort of chat room and then they met at a boardwalk somewhere. I don't know. that Such a weird detail that they kept spurting. And I was waiting for a flashback of that. Never got it. Yeah. But anyway, whatever. Then they met on a boardwalk somewhere because they had all had visions of the end of the world. And it comes. And at one point, the one husband the non-spiritual husband says that guy attacked me years ago in a bar. That guy was a homophobe and hit me over the head with a bottle. He was heavier and his beard was different, but I recognize that guy anywhere. And they're going, no, his name is Redman, not Rory. Like you said. And he says, I'll prove it to you. Give me his ID off his dead body. And they're like, it doesn't matter anyway. 
And so they just let that go. And I was like, that's a weird detail to throw in. Yeah. And then nothing. And then movie, 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 movie. And then the guy goes out and gets the guy's ID. And he's like, see, it is the guy I said. He's the guy who attacked me. And then Dave Bautista says, that doesn't matter. And then it never is brought up again. That's not true. It's brought up one more time. When is it brought up one more time? He checks the... Um it's in the in the truck when he gets in the truck. Oh, no. It's brought up. His idea is shown. Yeah. But I'm saying <laughs> but like that's what I mean. the it's, idea of yeah. like that's the guy that attacked him is never brought up again. Right. It's brought up again, but it still doesn't like it never. It's an important detail. Yes. That never matters. It's Chekhov's Weasley. <laughs> like Chekhov's Weasley. It doesn't like that. That needs to be addressed because oh that my changes. God everything and again this is one of those spots where i'm like you could have swung the pendulum 700 planes drop out of the sky and i and you could have used that to go oh shit it's the end of the world these these four people are correct these this is it that's a huge number of planes to drop out of the sky at once cyber attack or no cyber attack like that could be i could totally buy that as a sign of the apocalypse i'm on board with you Then he gets the ID and says, this guy is the guy that attacked me. Your whole theory is bullshit because you said you were four strangers who had no idea who we were. And this guy knows exactly who I am and sought me out. So this is all horseshit. Whether you believe it or not, the whole idea, the whole premise of what you're doing here is now suspect because this guy had ulterior motive. And then I would have swung back to the other side of the pendulum and said, these four people are lunatics. And that 700 planes are a cyber attack. That's really where the cyber attack line should have come in. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Leave the 700 planes, let them drop. And I go, oh, it's the end of the world. Swing me to the other side of the pendulum yeah. and then say that whole thing could be a cyber attack. And I go, oh, shit, it could be a cyber attack. Yeah, that's true. I because there is a point in the movie as well where that happens on the other side where the the maybe there's three of them left who are like sort of thinking and they're like, maybe this isn't yes. like what happened. That's you know, the and, most it ever happens where they go, yeah. well, we don't know each other that much. We met on right. that message board. And then Leonard is so gung ho, which is totally fine. Uh, makes sense for his character. But like it never swings the pendulum so far yeah. that I believe both sides and I should believe wholeheartedly at one point or another in this movie, both sides of that argument. And it doesn't. I'm just kind of like, oh, I see the merits of both sides. Like I'm, yeah, I'm like with this movie and I feel like it'll be different for each person who watches it. You start off not believing them. Right. And then eventually you do at some point. And at some point you do, but or you start off not believing them and then you go. That's the thing. You start off not believing them, but at no point do I fully believe them. I just go, well, maybe. Oh, that's interesting because I I mean, at some point you have to, whether it's. Well, yeah. You know what I mean? Like whether it's at the very end of the movie. Oh, the very, very. I'm saying like throughout the journey. Right, right. But that's sort of what I I mean is like. Uh, to me, it's like I'm like I, I'm agreeing with you that like at some point I just make up my mind that the other thing is correct. Right. And then it's still correct through the rest right. of the movie. Well, yes. And that well, that's the other thing is that the, the other the other I say the other like there were two and I'm now listing like five problems. But another thing about this is that it kind of is just kind of on a track. Yeah. They come and they say it's going to be the end of the world. And then spoilers for the end. It is. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, yes. it, it really it is. And I have That's written it. here, 
Is the twist of this movie that there isn't a twist? No twist. That's what I thought, too. Is the M. Night, is the Shyamalan twist of this movie the fact that M. Night Shyamalan, which it, honestly, I'll give it to him. If that is the twist, it's kind of it's kind of meta and brilliant. And it, it feels like the kind of movie that would have a twist in it. It should have a twist. And I was waiting for it. And I was I got to the end, like the credits rolled. And I was like, here comes the twist. I thought we were going to have like, the, you know, have you ever watched The Mist yet? Yes. That's what I was waiting for, too. Yeah. <laughs> I was waiting for a twist of it's the mist and like he didn't need to do it. I was waiting for um, have you ever seen Cabin in the Woods? Yes. They got to the diner at the end. I was waiting for a Cabin in the Woods like moment where you find out several families throughout the world like this all happened kind of simultaneously yeah because I was like why would it come to it's also that's another thing why this family why Because their love is so pure, is what they said. Right, but there are a lot of... Wow, that that just means everyone's... See, that's the thing. If if this family had to be the ones to choose because their love is so pure, which I'm not saying it's not, but like they're the only ones whose love is so pure in the entire world, I would just let it burn. Like that's, you know, because they're a great family, but they're nothing really that special compared to what I think other families are. This is a good time to talk about the fact that this is based on a 2018 novel called The Cabin at the End of the World by Paul G. Tremblay. Are you going to talk about the the ending of the book? I am. Yes. Uh, so if you want to read the book, don't bother. Here it is. <laughs> Just don't, don't listen to this. Skip ahead like five or ten minutes. I'll tell you what, if you've seen the movie and you want to read the book, you've now seen most of the you've now read most of the book. And now Andrew will fill in the, the last part of it. Sure. I've heard the first half is very similar and the second half is very, very different. OK, uh, so here's some differences. They don't offer any proof of the things that are happening. So like they don't have live television or anything like that. Okay. It is more of a thriller about these psychopaths Mm -hmm. who are trying to kill this fan, who are trying to get them to kill each other. And at one point there's a struggle and the daughter gets shot, but it doesn't count because so so the daughter gets shot. There's a struggle that the gun goes off. The daughter is shot and she's killed. Yes. Yeah. But it doesn't count because they didn't choose her because she didn't go willingly. And then uh, the very end is the uh, the the couple decides that they don't want to be a part of like a system basically that would do this so they continue to not choose and then decide to live out the remainder of their lives during this potential apocalypse but you're it's left up in the air for you to decide whether or not it's a real thing right 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 which i think is a better ending but they weren't going to kill the kid i read that and i was like oh they're not going to kill the kid but that's the thing though right it's like it would have been a big swing it would have been a big swing for sure most of Shyamalan's films Take big swings. They do. And this one doesn't. This doesn't one, really take any. I, well, that's the thing is that it's is very the, by the books. Here's the thing: the big swing in a Shyamalan film is usually the twist. Yes, you know what I mean. Like the big, or I should say, the biggest swing in a Shyamalan film is typically the twist. And so it either connects or it doesn't. Maybe. I I sort of disagree with that. I think they do usually. I think that's one of the most important things. But when I'm talking about a swing, like what I'm saying is that. Almost all of his movies are either very good or very bad, Mm -hmm. regardless of the twist. Yes, he goes all in for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, No, I'm not disagreeing with you, but I think a lot of times where people are either turned on or turned off by the by the actual movie itself. Yeah. Is when you get to that twist, you're either 
I'll go with this or you're like, I won't, you know, uh, uh, like sixth sense. Everyone goes with it. And everyone's like, that's the greatest twist. The village. A lot of people are like the happening with Mark Wahlberg. Everyone was like, nope. You know what I mean? Like that was a big swing. This one. And I again, it's I got to tip my hat to the man if this is what he was thinking, because in some ways it's kind of brilliant. He knows his own brand. And he knows his own name and he knows when you go into a Shyamalan movie, you expect the big twist. And if I don't give it to you because you're all waiting for it, then the twist is there is no twist. And in some ways I'm like, good on you. That was pretty good. You had me all. He had me all the way until the, the beginning of the credits. Yeah. Like I was on the edge of my seat the whole time going like, where is it? What's coming next? And then the credits rolled and I was like, oh, my God, that's it. There was no twist. I will say this. One thing I did not buy. Nowhere in Pennsylvania are they watching the BBC. Okay. They go into that diner and they literally switched it from one BBC station. And somebody goes, can you turn it to the other news story? And it goes to another BBC station. (laughs) And I was like, no way on God's scorched earth. It would go from Fox six to Fox 12. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) They're watching Jim Gardner in action news. (laughs) That's right. a local reference. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm sure it is. He also just retired. So it does, it's not even a current local reference. <laughs> That's the twist. It took place two years ago. It took place two years ago. And Jim Gardner's retirement brought about the apocalypse. <laughs> but it, I was like, they're not watching BBC. What the hell? I come from Pennsylvania. I, I, I never watched BBC until I moved out of Pennsylvania. I don't even think my television would get it. Also, just as a side note, those news channels look like shit. Yeah. They look real bad. I will say this. When he was like, is this a closed circuit television? First of all, the the only argument he had going for him with that was like, it does look like crap. Yeah. Like they're real bad. Yeah. They're, the graphics aren't great and yeah. everything. Somebody put it, recorded it on a VCR. You definitely got like actors to be newscasters and not newscasters to right. be newscasters, that type of thing. Yeah. And no, they couldn't splurge for a CNN. Yeah. Promotion or anything like they that. They should have gotten that guy. I don't remember his name. The guy who just retired. He doesn't have a job. Jim Gardner. He's not doing anything. He would have been happy to do it. Yeah. It would have been his swan song. Yeah. You know, probably would have been more money he ever made. Yeah. I'm like, I was kind of surprised that like they couldn't just get like, because who, who made the, Universal? Universal's NBC. Why didn't they get, they could have gotten N- MSNBC. Rachel Maddow has done this type of thing every once in a while. You tell him, Chris. You know, I'm just like, what What was this? Maybe with Dave Bautista's uh, salary, they couldn't they afford it. They couldn't afford it. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. But like, that was the only thing. He said the thing about closed circuit TV, and I was like, okay, here's the problem with your argument. Okay. <laughs> either, either it is the apocalypse, and this is not closed circuit television, or it's not the apocalypse, and these guys are crazy psychopaths. And or bigots. And typically they don't put that much effort into this and they don't know how to do that. Also, they don't usually kill themselves. Right. There's that as well. (laughs) Like if they wanted to kill you. They probably would have killed you when you were tied up in a chair before killing themselves. Yeah, that's the other. That's another good point that when they kept saying like this is. This is not real. I'm like, they are killing themselves a lot for it not to be right, real. Right, but then the argument can easily be, oh, you're crazy. You're crazy. <laughs> That's fine. But like, they, they yeah. did bring up the, 
the target thing like yeah well and that's the other thing that makes it like oh no this guy this guy was a huge homophobe and he he beat the shit out of me because i was gay and i'm like yeah but he's dead but he's dead now he literally just let himself die yeah he's he's dead now so you like honestly you could have had a slightly comedic beat where it was like you know, they're like, you're targeting. This isn't real. You're all targeting us. You're a bunch of bigots. And then Axe goes into Ron Weasley's head and they're like, oh, shit. No, never mind. <laughs> nope. They wouldn't kill themselves if they were. Nope. OK, yeah. so this is real, everyone. JK this is real. Rowling. Touche. Touche. How long have you been holding on to that one? Since the, moment he, since the moment he came on screen. I just thought about it. Good job. I swear. Let me get through some of my notes. Yes. Uh, first thing I want to say is one of the reasons why I'm not optimistic that this will make back its money is because when I was in the theater, there were three people in the theater mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, that's well, whatever. It's probably been out for a while. I saw it opening night. Oof. I did not realize it was opening night. Saw it opening night. Three people in my theater. Yeah, I mean, which is surprising because it also it it did it knocked out Avatar out of the number one spot. Okay, after a, two months or whatever. Well, no, no, I'm I'm just saying like it's surprising that that theater was so empty because sure, yeah, but made, there's also what else is in theaters right now? I don't know Avatar. That's all I've got. Yeah, this movie was originally supposed to be released the same weekend as Ant Man. Oh, that would have been a mistake. Yeah, so they switched it by two weeks. Chris, can I ask you a question? Oh, please, for the love of God, do. Would this movie work better as a play? I don't know if it would work better. It would work well. I think it would. I think it would work. I mean, it could definitely work as a play for sure. Well, here's here's why. Here's what I mean by that. Like the first mm-hmm. 30 minutes of this movie, I was like, so this whole thing is taking place like basically inside a building or just outside of it. And I was like, I I think this would be a more enjoyable story. If if it was the same cast on stage in front of me, mm-hmm. I think it would get better reviews. Right. Because I think there's more there's a higher expectation in film because you can do a hundred shots before you get the performance you want. You can manipulate the cameras like they do in this film to make you try to try to make the audience feel a certain way. And I think that if we saw the same performances on a stage 20 feet away from us. I think it would do better. It could. I could definitely see what you're saying. And I think, it, like I said, I think it would make a really effective play. Yeah, I think it would make a OK. I think it would make a more effective play than movie. That's a good way of wording it. I don't know. I All right. Let me spin it in a different light. Do you think this would be better reviewed if it wasn't an M. Night Shyamalan movie? No. Like if if the the name M. Night Shyamalan wasn't on here and you go in with the expectation. But it's the same movie. But it's the same movie. No, because still nothing happens like there still has to be a change at the end. No, but I think you go into the theater knowing M. Night Shyamalan. So there's a, a like a bar of expectation for it. OK, but that expectation is not necessarily a good one. He's made a lot of shitty movies. No, it could be a, a not a good one, but it also like he also always has the potential for he's one of those interesting directors that like for some reason he does always get like a second chance do you know what i mean like i do i don't really understand it i do because he does he uh, i mean there are he has made other quality movies other than just the sixth sense and he is a 
is an effective How long ago? Old actually got really good reviews. That's incorrect. Uh, no, it's not. I'm looking it up right now because I only heard that movie was dog shit. I've, I've heard, listened to certain reviews that actually people really enjoyed it. And it did well enough. Well enough that what? It did well enough that he got another movie. It's got 50% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's great. I don't give a shit about Rotten Tomatoes. Well, what are you, what are you going off of I've then? heard of just the other reviews that I've heard. Okay. every I remember because I thought about going to see it and I was like, oh, I guess I'm not going to see it because everybody fucking hated that movie. Five and a half out of ten on IMDb. Great. Other movies that he have made has gotten have gotten good reviews. I think Split is probably. I mean, even that one was uh, no Split could get actually really good reviews. No pun intended. I, I feel like the reviews were pretty split on that one as well. I think they swayed more towards the positive though. I think you're right. Yeah, Glass. I think did okay. Glass was all right, but that did get great reviews. Anyway, the, yeah. my point is like he has gone. Yes, he has gone up and down, and he's not a hundred percent. But I think people go in with. I don't know. They, they, I think a lot of people go in going, all right, this guy has made some bad stuff, but he's also made some, when he makes good stuff, it's really good. Sure. And when he, and, you know, and if it's bad, it's, it's really bad. It, like it is like two extremes, but the potential for being really good. I think when you put an M night Shyamalan, the, put his name on a movie, then there is an expectation to it. And also I think some people either that, or they go in wanting to shit on a movie huh. because they feel the way that, that you do about some of his movies where it's like, he ha- I don't understand what the appeal of him is. And so they go in wanting to shit on a movie. Sure. And so I think if this wasn't an M night Shyamalan movie, what is your opinion of him? I think he is a really, I think he's a really effective. Okay. So then in that case, you went in thinking one end of the spectrum. I went in thinking the other end of the spectrum. And we came out with basically the same opinion of this movie. No, I went in thinking there was the potential that this could be really good. Yeah. But, but I'm didn't... just saying you're saying if you put his name on it. Right. Do you think that changes the outcome of like reviews and, and the, the reception of it? Yes. And what I'm saying is either way. Like, if you go in thinking, oh, he's a good filmmaker, I think most of his stuff is really good, some of it's bad, and I go in thinking, like, all right, here we go, another shit-ass movie from this asshole, Right. we both come out with the same review. However, but what I'm saying is, if you, if this was a movie done by someone else shot exactly the same way, we would not go in with those expectations. I agree, but I think I at least would come out with the same review. See, I don't think everyone would have that, though. Well, okay. I think people would come out, would go in... On a completely neutral tone, and the reviews that they would give about this movie now would be different from what it would be if it wasn't his movie. Well, and that's kind of interesting, too, though, because I think that works to his advantage then. Because I watched a lot of reviews about this movie to prepare for this, and almost all of them were talking about how amazing it was and how they love M. Night Shyamalan's work. Yeah, see, I didn't read any reviews going into this. Yeah, I, tried I saw to say one that said it was shit because it was woke propaganda. Yeah, see, I, tr- but, I tried not but to. But that guy also called the... He only referred to the movie as Cabin in the Woods. Great. So, a reliable source. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The other thing is, I think the reason that you might feel that it, it could seem like it's, it would be more effective as, as a play is because there's some other things that like don't pay off. Like They do flashback to the family and how they grow and everything and how they come together. And that's supposed to, I think, build the idea of the purity of their love. And that's why they're the family that is, but I'm like, but it doesn't really go anywhere. Yeah. I didn't know what the point of that was. That's what I mean. It doesn't cultivate to, and none of this cultivates to anything. Right. Well, and it, it explains a lot of like, 
well, here's why he has a gun. And I'm like, OK, I guess I don't need, I don't know that I needed right, a backstory of why to, he had a gun. Yeah, if you told me like that guy has a gun, I'd be like, yeah, that makes sense. All right. Right. Whatever. I don't need 20 minutes of explanation about why he's got a gun. <laughs> like when he beats the shit out of Rupert Grint, you see later that like it, I, I guess it's sort of like a, a there maybe there's supposed to be a catharsis because that character is the reason that Andrew, by the way, is the, is yeah. Ben Aldred's character's name, uh, started to get into shape because of the the bad things that he did to him. Did to, yes. Yeah. And yeah, so yeah. he started to learn how to fight. And then I guess there's supposed to be a catharsis retrospectively when you're like, oh, he beat the shit out of that guy. Yeah. But even even so, like there's not it's hard to have a catharsis because the character didn't know he was beating the shit out of the guy that beat the shit out of him. And we find out later and it's like, I, I, I can't go back and have a different feeling about what I just saw. Right, 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 right. So it's like, uh, like I said, none of those things like signs. Uh, another M. Night Shyamalan movie like has these elements and then at the end they all like the realization is like all these things that have been around you like kind of like tie in do you know what I mean yeah that's an unpopular opinion of mine I think that's a, a not good movie I love that movie I know everybody does but I fucking can't stand it swing away Jack but all those things whether you like it or not like you could see all these elements that he's put in like being brought back in to tie into the end right that's the sure. idea whether it pays off or not you can see it happening sure yeah and then you find out that even though the air is full of water. Right. Understand. OK. It's water that kills oh, these Christ. things. We're not getting into Spoilers that fucking for movie. Signs. That's not what the point I'm trying to make is. If you let me finish. <laughs> the point is in this, none of that happens. Yeah. All these things that they flash back to all these things with the other people. They never. Yeah. There's a lot of loose threads. That you pull at and then yeah. it just comes out. That being said, <laughs> like I said, when you're watching the movie, I'm like, I'm in it. I'm enjoying this as I go. And then as soon as I walk out, I was like, wow, there was a thousand threads there that never like paid off. Yeah. I don't know that I did really while it was go- like I kept shifting in my I, kept, I noticed that I was like shifting around a lot in my seat and checking the time. And I just wasn't I was like, yeah, OK. It's so it's cool. There's some cool shots. I was entertained by it, but I wasn't like. Yeah, I think aesthetically, yes. I was entertained yeah, by I it. Was en- it's yeah. sort of similar to like Avatar, where you're like, it's it's cool looking. It's cool, and it's yeah, it's, yeah. it's cool looking, and you're like, all right, this is an inter. It's a thing I haven't like. It's a plot line that I'm like, oh, this is a direct copy of this thing or that. Th-. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I'm yeah, like, yeah. OK, it's a story that I haven't like fully seen yeah. before. The and- acting's better than Avatar. I should clarify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dave Bautista is great in this. Like, yeah. I said before. Oh, that's another question I wanted to ask you. Is this his best performance? I think it, I honestly think it is. Yeah. That being said, I will also say other than like Guardians of the Galaxy, this is possibly his biggest like screen time. Right. Because, like, I've heard he has a great performance in Blade Runner, but he's in it yes, for, like, five minutes. Yes, he does, but minutes. he's in it for, like, one scene. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I think this is also his long... Oh, uh, I... No. Yeah, I almost said Knives Out, and then I was like, nope, he dies. He dies in the middle yeah, of that. Yeah, but this movie is also an hour and a half long, so I don't... Right. I, who knows? <laughs> That's true, and that movie's, <laughs> It's like definitely his most important long. role in a movie, probably. For sure. I think this might be his best role yet. And next question. Yes. Is that the best performance in an M night Shyamalan film. That's a harder question. I think I don't know the answer. <laughs> no, 
No, I don't think so. Can you name one that you think is better? I mean, the Sixth Sense, a lot of them, they're really, really good. Tony Collette's really good. At, I mean, obviously, Haley Joel Osment, who got nominated for an yeah, Oscar. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, even Bruce Willis in that movie is really solid. All right. It's been a while since I've seen it, but I don't, I don't remember Bruce Willis specifically doing anything fantastic. I, but, but again, it's one of those things where it's like, well, it's Bruce Willis doing something completely from being Bruce Willis, which also may be why I'm feeling this way about Dave Bautista as well. That's interesting, because I... My memory of that film, again, it's been like 15 years, but my memory of that is, yeah, it still looks and sounds like Bruce Willis saying Bruce Willis stuff. But he's not like, he's not John McClane is what I'm saying, which is a lot of what Bruce Willis does. Yeah. But Tony Collette was really good in that. I'm trying to think even, you know. What do you think about Samuel L. Jackson in Unbreakable? He's great. Yeah. I was just going to, I was also going to say, I know you're not a fan of science, but like some of the performances in that, like Joaquin Phoenix's performance in that isn't, isn't terrible is you know i think all the performances in that are worse than dave bautista in this i think they're fine i don't know like there's a moment when the aliens are trying to get in the house and mel gibson is describing how the kids were born i'm like that's a pretty good i don't remember that it's been a while since i've seen that one too i haven't seen um scottish mcgee play 30 characters whatever that movie is Oh, split. split? Oh, that's yeah. a really good. Yeah. Oh, actually. Yeah. Is that ooh, better? That might be better because he really I mean, he goes balls to the wall with that. <laughs> yeah, thing. I've heard it's very good. And he's an excellent actor. James McAvoy. Right? Yeah. Oh, that is, is actually really good. It is a really good movie. I'll have to check that one out. Yeah. Rupert Grint was in a lot of trailers considering he's in 20 minutes of this movie. I'll give it, uh, you know, for all the things that the trailers may or may not have spoiled. Wow, you really thought Rupert Grint was in it for the whole time. Yeah, he sure did, or at least most of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in, I, I suspect he's only in it because he is in an Apple Plus show yeah. that is made by M. Night Shyamalan. Somebody asked him in an interview if he was um, M. Night Shyamalan's muse. Yeah, and he's like, in a, and so I suspect he's kind of in it because they were like, well, we have a working relationship, but also it's kind of a cross promotion then. Like you, you, he walks on screen and you're like, Oh, Weasley's in this. What else has he been in lately? Yeah. And then he's, they're like, Oh, he's in this show. What is this show? Well, I, I suspect it might actually be because he likes working with him well, because he, too, al- but I, right. Yeah. But because he also, um, in that same interview, actually, I think it was the answer to that, to that question he mentions. And I didn't know this M night Shyamalan was in talks to direct the third Harry Potter movie. Oh. And he came on set and met everyone. Oh, wow. And, like, did some test screenings and stuff like that and worked with people, and then eventually it didn't it didn't come together. Oh. That would have been bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's not even a knock against M. Night Shyamalan. I just think, like, like he's talked about doing The Last Airbender. Yeah. And he was like, I, that was my first foray into, like, the studio system. And he's like, and I really relied. I thought the studio would have me like just I could just kind of rest on that. To be fair, the studio might have had him for Harry Potter. Yes, but uh, it might have been a better experience. Yes, but he's talked about like I realized like I can't just rely on the studio just to like sell the movie and make it fine and it'll all be okay. Right. But that being said, if he had made Harry Potter, it's probably what he would have done with Harry Potter is what I'm saying, too. Speaking of Shyamalan, what do you think of his cameo? It's fine. It's not that the best. Shyamalan cameo yeah kind of pointless yeah which I'm okay with yeah can't remember what he was I think it was somebody who worked at the zoo it split and I didn't see glass he was like a doctor like a child psychologist or something in the sixth sense oh that's right he was he was um he's the ranger who like reveals the whole twist 
in the village and everything. Oh. He has a huge, but he has an actual part in Lady in the Water. Oh, and, la- and he's been like, that's one we didn't mention at all. Yeah, I haven't seen that one or the village. Uh, I saw both. That's fine. Yeah, but like and he he's had- a neighbor in Signs, I think, who's like driving away. Yes, he is. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to rewatch signs now. My condolences. No, I like it. I, I'll tell after I'm not going to get into it now. After we end, I'll tell you my, this interesting thing I heard about the movie signs. I can't wait. He's gotten bigger. He's kind of put himself more and more in movies. And I kind of like the idea. He's like backed off of it a little bit. Like he does it. Cause again, he's a Hitchcock fan. That's why he right. puts himself. Yeah. Hitchcock did the same thing. So I like the idea of like, nah, just put yourself in like a weird infomercial and like, yeah, I'd rather that. I think that's a better, but it also like, it's gotten to the point now as well. Like I think it worked better in his earlier films because I didn't really know what he looked like. And now I'm like, up there he is. Yeah. But again, Hitchcock did it. He's the biggest, uh, you know, director in the face of the planet at the time. And so, yeah, you're probably not wrong. That's what I mean. Like put yourself, that's why don't put yourself in something that's important. Right. Like Like lady in the water. Right. That was a whole thing. And he like had an actual part. Yeah. Like I said, if it's, if it's, gonna be something yeah i guess yeah an infomercial while while they're waiting for the news to come for the on news is to fine. come on i'm like oh this is fun oh it's kind of entertaining it breaks the tension a little bit and, and then, it's not and something then, i need to pay attention to right and if i yeah and i don't care if it, you know it's also again like if i'm like well he's he is a bad actor like this is not supposed it's not something he's supposed to be good anyway well anyway. and he's not saying anything important so i could turn to the person next to me and go that's the director that's of director. the film that's the director i like movies I like them. I like movies more than you because I know that's the director. <laughs> and like I said, there were three people in my theater, so I had to yell it across. Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, I know. I enjoy the art of cinema because <laughs> I, I know that's the director. Did you know that? You're a dumbass. Anyway, what? I got a couple more notes. Okay. The grasshoppers are a symbol for the main characters. At any moment, one of them can escape by making a leap of faith at the right time. Leonard says he used to catch grasshoppers and teaches when how to add more in without the others escaping. This is a foreshadowing for how he will keep the family from getting away throughout the film. Oh, I thought he was just a gentleman who enjoyed grasshoppers <laughs> and uh last two notes first one god's a real asshole yep <laughs> what a dick what a douchebag <laughs> and uh the, the last comment i have the last note i have is uh did you stay for the post credits there was a post credits no it's just the sound of knocking thank god don't do that to me that wasn't funny <laughs> but i feel like we'd get tweets if we didn't bring it up That's so true. here it is there's the the exact same knocking sound you hear at the beginning when leonard knocks on the door you hear again in the post credit scene it's very loud and very off-putting it is i mean at the end like the the music sort of fades out it's very yeah. nice and then you hear like eight knocks super loud yeah it's surround sound Oof, I, I also the way that leonard speaks he's a second grade teacher that is the creepiest second grade teacher on the face That's of the sort planet what i mean nobody yeah. fucking talks like that yeah. i kind of wanted flashbacks into them because only because i'm like he couldn't have possibly started off being like that yeah do you know what i mean like what i'm sure he to this got man? that way when he started having the visions and it got weird but like whatever i have a question for you do you want to move on to the reading assignment? You mean now that we've been talking for an hour? Yep. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. All right. Somebody call Snoop Dogg because this week we're talking about Superman off the Chizane. I wrote four other jokes before landing on that one and all of them were racist. So, Chris, <laughs> this is a new 52 run of Superman by Scott Snyder and Jim Lee that was published between 2013 and 2014. And I think it's pretty 
good. Thanks. I don't know. I didn't yeah, write you didn't it. Write but I'm, it Scott? I'm, 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 you? I'm really happy that, that you think it's pretty good. I don't think it's great. No, but I think it's pretty good. I will grant you that. I will give you that. I will agree with that assessment. Yeah, I really enjoyed the fight scenes in it. Mm-hmm. I think they're drawn very well. They really yeah. give a lot of time to make sure that you can follow what's happening, which I appreciate uh, because a fight is a story like the choreography tells a story. Right. Uh, I love the stuff with Batman. Yes. I think it's almost better than anything else. Yeah, I could I could see that. <laughs> so when like Batman is fighting Wraith, Wrath, Wraith, Wraith, Wraith. That's what I was like. Is it Wraith or is it Wrath? I, th- I, I choose to say Wrath because it sounds comic booky. According to the Internet, it's an acronym, but I did not look any further than I, that. It is an acronym. Yeah. He says it at one point and I'm not going to look it up. So weapon r- recognized. No. Accessible, integrated to hell there it is <laughs> nailed it in one uh yeah i don't uh, I, so yeah that's really all i have to say okay non-spoilery right like i have a couple specific notes i want to get into but i yeah i think it's worth checking out it's very long but yeah. doesn't take very long to read it's like 300 pages but it it goes by pretty quick it does I, it's scott snyder i mean he did that great run on batman during the new 52 which it, this I, is much more this is a good like hopeful optimistic superman yes yeah and that's what i was gonna say now that it's kind of interesting that we got this just as the announcement uh for the new DCU superman legacy and, and superman legacy specifically is coming out is that because they they really James Gunn is specifically and I love this come out and said like here like Supergirl woman of tomorrow not just the character this storyline is being made into a movie you know what I mean and so as as they're kind of looking and now people are going to start looking at like well what stories could you make into a movie the thing that Scott Snyder does really well whether it's in this or in his Batman run he does the pacing of a good movie. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, and I think his books are very cinematic. His books are very cinematic. They have a plot and the plot's usually pretty decent, but like the pacing of it and the reason, like, I think you really enjoy the fighting in it and the action in it, not only because of Jim Lee's amazing art, but because the way he paces it, you're like, this is where an action beat should go right now. Yeah. It's about time we get to some punch in. And it takes you as long to read it as a scene in a, as a fight scene in a movie should, a movie take, should show. take. So it always feels kind of like the pacing of a movie. Yeah. And so like, as you're looking for storylines, this, I think, would make a really good one. Yeah. You know, you could adapt this really well. There's some aspects of it because it's in the new 52. Bless you. Don't do that again. We're recording. I love you, though. Light of my life. Oh, she's going to do it again. Bless you. <laughs> now we have to start the whole episode over. Be quiet. I'm talking into a microphone right now. But as the, the, you know, people are looking for storylines to adapt, this I think would actually make a really good one. You have to do some tweaking to, to it because it's in within the new 52 and there's, you know, plot stuff. But for the most part, I think this adapts really well. I think this would be a good third or fourth Superman movie. Yeah. 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 I don't think you throw this in as the first, but I think yeah, I agree with this you. could make, you know, it's got like a clear villain that yeah. could be really good on screen some other villains that could be really good on screen yeah you know the what I mean? only problem really 
is that the main villain, it's that same problem that Marvel always has. Right. He's Superman. Yeah, he's a he's a yeah. slightly stronger Superman. I will say this, at the very least, they just come out and go like, nah, this guy's like you. This guy's exactly you. Well, that's, that's sort of what I was going to say, is that like if the first two Superman movies are not that... Yeah, because there's there became a point where I was like, one of the things Marvel does do really well is um, give their villains very clear direction, oftentimes to the point where I'm like, wait, is he right? Right. Is this guy right? Right. And it did eventually start to get to a point where I was like, I kind of want a maniac. Yeah. Uh, And so getting like I need a joker. Yeah, exactly. There was one character in particular. I'm trying to remember who it was, but there was a movie, a movie. DC or Marvel movie fairly recently that came out that I was like, oh, thank God. There's just like some guy who's just trying to kill people for no reason. Oh, yeah. I don't remember who it was or why. Was it the Riddler? Oh, it might have been. It might have been. No, the Batman. They, they went into his sort of thing, too. Or maybe it was. Right. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But it, it does feel often like a breath of fresh air all of a sudden right. when like 10, 15 years ago, maybe more than that, we had the Joker. We had... I don't know, Bane probably and right. the Scarecrow. And, and you, you do. I was like, please just give me somebody who gives a shit about what they're doing. And now it's sort of the opposite where I'm like, please just give me somebody who just wants to sow chaos. And I feel like if you in that same way, if you give Superman, maybe Lex Luthor in the first or second one, who's just a guy. Right. But there's some reason that Superman can't get to him. And it's that becomes brains. the story. Yeah. Uh, and you give me sort of a. a I don't know, some some other like very interest, maybe maybe a um, like a cult or something like a group of people that he Give has to me Mixie Pitalix. Yeah, sure. And then you get me the Superman who's stronger than Superman yeah. to fight Superman. Yeah. Then I think I'll, it'll be like a breath of fresh air to be like, oh, how's he going to how's this guy that we've seen encounter these very strange, almost strategic mathematical problems? Yeah. And now he's got to fight somebody just a big tank who's bigger than him. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I yeah. think it would really work. Yeah. Uh, I do have some scruples with this book. Go for and it. I would like to list them out, especially since you spent 45 minutes shitting on one of my favorite movies two weeks ago. That's fine. Lois Lane's dad, General Lane, shows a map of like the international threat levels and how they drop over time because they have this like nuclear bomb Superman. Uh, that could also be because the actual Superman exists. That's true. <laughs> That's a fair point, yeah. actually. He, could, he literally could have looked at them up and been like, actually, see that one? That one was me. Yeah, I, I, I'm doing this, actually. I did like, that there's one a, the, the reason. There. Oh, the reason that the that's Soviet Russia doesn't want to bomb anybody now is because of you guys? Really? That's, that's me. That one was me. Yeah. Wraith says he's going to kill Superman while they're in the middle of a huge battle, and Superman asks what he meant by that like 10 pages later during the same battle. So, like, they're in the middle of a battle, yeah. and he's like, I'm going to I'm going to kill you soon. And then they're like, they totally ignore it and start fighting these things. And I was at first, I was like, is he not going to, and they, they're talking about other stuff. And I was like, is he not going to bring up the fact that this guy just said he's going to kill him? And then I was like, well, yeah, they're in the middle of a battle. Maybe he'll bring it they're up after it's over. They're preoccupied. And then like five pages after that, they're still in the middle of the battle. And he was like, He's like, what did you mean by you're going to kill me? And the other Wraith goes, Superman, you need to focus. Yeah. We're in the middle of a battle. Yeah. Superman is just a little slow. Yeah. Yeah. It was just buffering. Yeah. The comic constantly does this thing where the end of an issue is misleading and then it course corrects on the first page of the next issue. Oh, okay. And it'll so like it'll be like he'll be like. 
I'm going to fucking kill you, Superman. And then on the first page of the next issue, it'll be like, is what I would say if I was going to kill you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, like, yeah I there's a part saying. where he like on the last page, he holds out a gun right. and he says, uh, General Lane. Yes, sir. I'm in the fortress. Take the weapons and neutralize Superman. Yes, sir. And then like five pages later, he goes, that's the call that's going to come at any moment. <laughs> that's fair. That's a fair. Point. Why did Luther send Jimmy Olsen? I have no idea. Like, did it really matter that Jimmy was Superman's friend? How did Jimmy even get? there and not die he's in a short sleeve shirt well did he just like well he does say he's been walking for like 45 minutes he would have been dead but like he's in the arctic in a short sleeve shirt yeah well but your own body heat if he was there for 10 minutes he'd probably be fine uh but yeah he's probably probably should how did he but yeah he should have been if he's been walking for a while yeah he said like 40 minutes that's a long time he'd probably be dead that's a long time to be in the arctic that's a long time but also like He's like, ah, you're Superman's friend. I'll send you. And then it's like he just walks up and he's like, hey, yeah, Luther told me to give you like you could have just sent a robot or done it yourself. I don't know. Yeah. Anything. It's weird. Yeah. Okay. so here's one for the ending. Superman immediately starts murdering the fleet near the sun because of a hunch that Lex Luthor has. Oh, that's fair. Yeah, I will say that was the one thing. It's a big explosive ending, but like. It does wrap up like real quick. Yeah, I, I felt like almost he should have been like, hey, uh, what are you guys doing here? And then they just start shooting and he's like, got it. OK, yep. <laughs> you know, yeah, just it, it needs another beat or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Here's two more. The crazy old man in the flashbacks says he has pictures of Clark floating in the air, but those pictures are still images and it would just look like he was falling. I thought that, too. <laughs> I thought that, too. Yeah. And my last note. This is my biggest note, and we'll just end on this, I guess. Yeah. Let's see what your thoughts are. Yeah. This is just the Ed Norton Hulk film. A super strong hero is being hunted by his girlfriend's dad, who's the head of a fictional branch of the military. The dad becomes so hyper fixated on killing the hero that he tries to control a slightly stronger doppelganger of the hero to kill him. But eventually the doppelganger goes AWOL and begins to actively work against the orders given to him. It's the Ed Norton Hulk film. <laughs> Oh my god it is. That's why you love this one. I, I, you That's know what? Right. I'll even throw in a note of my own. Uh at the very beginning of the book, there there's a flashback to I think it's it's, it's Nagasaki, right? Yes. Yes, to the atom bomb of Nagasaki and it like unfurls and then you find out it was Wrath. It was Wrath that did that. And he says so much as such to Superman at one point. And so he's like yeah, that was actually there wasn't actually two atom bombs. It was one atom bomb and then Nagasaki was me. And Superman is just like, "Huh?" Yeah. And doesn't immediately go, "Wait, what? I'm sorry. <laughs> you killed how uh, many people? <laughs> you killed how many people and I'm uh I I believe I I'm supposed to fight people who do things like that." Yeah. And and if you did that, then I think I need to stop you. Yeah, to be fair, I wonder how much of that is like who sent him? Right. But also like even if he's not going to like just start punching right there. Yeah. Superman never goes like, wait a second. You hey, can you never do that again? This, you're <laughs> telling me that you guys set off. You're responsible for that. Yeah. Not like a horrible thing that happened, you know, decades ago with people that are long dead that I can't do anything about you and your and your operation here are responsible for that. 
Oh, okay. So I think I might want to shut you down now. Yeah. Like that should have been I, like, he just kind of breezed over that. And I was like, that's weird. Yeah. But also it's hard because he also kind of does whatever the American government says a lot of the time. Who? Wrath or Superman? Superman. Yes. But I, there was and just this no. this is the U.S. government. Yeah. But I was just like, there's no bumping on it. Like he didn't even, he just kind of like Yeah. There should it. be a little bit of a like, you did what now? <laughs> I don't. Yeah. Like, I don't approve of this. Like a little finger wagon if, if nothing else. Yeah. 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 Well, and even, it could even be a discussion of like, how are you okay Right. Like, how do you sleep at night? Right. You know, like that, that could have been the discussion It's like, look, it's already over. I can't change the fact that it happened. Yeah. But like, why did you agree to do that? Yeah, that's fair. That's a good, that's a good point. Yeah. I had that thought too, of just like, I, I, if he was like, well, I'm not going to do anything because it was a million years ago. 40, I almost said 40, a million years ago. I was like, trying to do math in my head. It was like 60. 65, 70 yeah. years ago. But I, I gotta say, not a big fan yeah. of what you just did, what you just admitted to. Yeah. What do you got for me, sir? You got a, you got a reading assignment for me? <sighs> no, <laughs> I totally forgot. Cool. Uh, cool. Tell you what, how about pizza? It is everyone. <laughs> do you think you can get lunch with me on Thursday? No, no, I don't actually. Okay. Then uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll maybe I'll send you something. Okay. All right, then it'll be a mystery box reading assignment for the listeners. That's right. Um, or we'll probably put it on Instagram. One of those two. Yeah. Now you're completely gone. What? Can you hear me? Oh, no. Now I can hear you now. Okay. <sighs> we got to wrap this shit up. Then let's wrap this shit up. Hey, Andrew. Yeah. Hey, Andrew. Yeah. Hey, Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to make the sound as if I was glitching. Where can they find us? What? But. Yeah. I really want you to do this whole ending like that. <laughs> they can find us at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Pandora, SoundCloud.com slash The Media Lunch Break. If you would like to listen to our episodes uh, a little bit before they hit iTunes or Apple Podcasts or wherever people listen to podcasts, you can head over to SoundCloud.com slash The Media Lunch Break and you get a little just a little bit earlier. At 8 in the morning, every Tuesday. You can also find us on Twitter, where our handle is at Media Lunch Break. We're on Facebook, Instagram.com slash The Media Lunch Break. We're on YouTube.com slash The Media Lunch Break. If you'd like to check out some Bob Dylan lyric videos, <laughs> I suspect I'm going to put up a, I almost called it Cabin in the Woods, a knock at the cabin video about something, but I haven't decided what yet. Okay. So we'll see. So that might be up now by the time you're listening to this. Uh, you can also find us on TikTok where our handle is at The Media Lunch Break. We have merch on Teespring, so head over there and check it out. Mm. You can also find the link on our Twitter right at the top. It's pinned to the top, the first tweet. You can also visit our Patreon, and that's patreon.com slash themedialunchbreak. You can send us an email, themedialunchbreak at gmail.com, or you can visit our website, which is www.themedialunchbreak.com. Give us a rating and reviewing on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, or wherever else that sort of thing is possible. I don't know. I'm not a I'm not a cyberman. Okay. You could spray paint it to a wall. Oh, that would be amazing. Special yeah. thank you to Julie. Thanks, Julie. For being awesome. Yeah. Um, like Andrew said, uh, you can leave a rating and a review, and you can leave a write-in app, actually, as you're walking down the, the old sidewalk there. 
and just just click right into the app and just leave it right there. Um, you can leave a five star rating. I've said this a thousand times. If I've said it once, you leave a five star rating. You can leave whatever kind of review you want in there. Uh, this week, if uh, you leave a five star rating, why don't you go ahead and tell us? Which is your favorite M. Night Shyamalan cameo uh, Ranked based on his actual acting ability Let's do that (laughs) Other than that uh, Let's see, we just talked about Knock at the Cabin I'm shocked we got the title correct uh, So many times in a row We just talked about Knock at the Cabin and Superman Unchained Next week is going to be the best damn day of the week Tuesday, Newsday. Ah, uh, Tuesday, Newsday. Yes, and then followed by Ant Man, Ant Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania. But in the meantime, if there's something that is out there and you're like, I just watched this and you guys should really be talking about this, send it over to us. We just did Superman Unchained and Andrew doesn't have any idea what he's going to give me for a reading assignment. No clue. So if you're like, hey, I know what the reading assignment should be for next week, send it over please do absolutely i don't want to have to look if you made something you made a a short film a long film a medium-sized film what some women would call average and there's nothing wrong with that if you (laughs) if you shot a film if you made a pilot if you uh wrote a comic and you want to put some eyes on it and some ears on it Anything like that. That one really got to you, didn't it? It was a very funny joke. I Thank really you. appreciated it. Well, like most average size things, it really kind of sneaks in there and you don't expect it to be so satisfying. My um, God. So uh, if you did any of that stuff and you want an audience to be put towards it, send it over to us. We'll talk about it. We'll give it some love. We'll give it some critique. We'll put some eyes and ears on it, towards it, at it, whatever you want to call it. Other than that, that is about it there it is we made a thing there wasn't a thing there and now boom there's a we thing. did it that's and that, we did it and that's how oh my easy gosh. it is so if you're listening out there go out and make a make thing make a thing that's it make a thing there's space there where there isn't a thing hey look over to your right see how there's not a thing there make something put it right there that's the perfect place for that if thing. you don't make a thing chris and i are going to come to your house Mm-hmm. And we're going to tell you to make a thing and we're going to ask you if you're going to make a thing. And if you say no, one of us is going to kill the other. And you will not believe who it's going to be, <laughs> but it's going to be Andrew killing me. Oh, I, I'm shocked, actually. I was just as surprised as you are. I thought for sure I was going to kill you first. Well, if that's what the visions say, that's true. I mean, I usually have visions of everyone screaming as well. <laughs> it's really more at me. Yeah. But it's uh, funny, too. Yeah. I when they the said vision. that they have those visions, I was like, have you tried alcohol? Oh, man. That whole movie could have been solved by a stiff drink, couldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. For me, too. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the end. I think that's the end. I don't. Th- All right. Fuck it. <laughs> Yes. Our endings are getting better and better every week.